Open up that crystal Pepsi and get comfortable. This is Dope Nostalgia. friends for joining me for another episode of Dope Nostalgia. I'm your host Naomi and we're doing episode 189 today about a huge pop superstar, very well known in all over the world, not as much in North America, which is surprising. Her name is Kylie Minogue. My special guest today, Joe Valenzuela from Milk Carton Pop Stars is back and Kylie is one of his favorite artists. So we're going to have a great time talking all about Kylie. Here's a little bit of background information. Wikipedia moment. Please bear in mind that Wikipedia is not to be taken as actual 100% fact. Any donkey could edit it at any time. If I'm reading you the artist's bio, that stuff is real truth. Kylie Ann Minogue is an Australian singer, songwriter, and actress. Minogue is the highest selling female Australian artist of all time, having sold over 80 million records worldwide. She has been recognized for reinventing herself in music as well as fashion, and is referred to by the European press as the Princess of Pop and a style icon. Her accolades include a Grammy Award, three Brit Awards, and 18 Area Music Awards. Born and raised in Melbourne, Minogue first achieved recognition starring as Charlene Robinson in the Australian soap opera Neighbours from 86 to 88. She began her music career in the late 1980s, releasing four bubblegum and dance pop-influenced studio albums under PWL, PWL standing for Pete Waterman Entertainments. By the early 1990s, Minogue had amassed several top 10 singles in Australia and the UK, including The Locomotion, I Should Be So Lucky, Especially For You, Hand On Your Heart, and Better The Devil You Know. Taking more creative control over her music, she signed with Deconstruction Records in 1993 and released the albums Kylie Minogue and Impossible Princess. By joining Parlophone in 1999, Minogue returned to mainstream dance-orientated music with light years, including the number one hits Spinning Around and On a Night Like This. The follow-up, Fever, was an international breakthrough for Minogue, becoming her best-selling album to date. Its lead single is this one, Can't Get You Out of My Head, becoming one of the most successful singles of the 2000s, selling over 5 million units. Follow-up singles In Your Eyes and Love at First Sight became hits as well. She continued reinventing her image and experimenting with a range of genres on her subsequent albums, which spawned success singles such as Slow, I Believe in You, Two Hearts, and All the Lovers. In 2017, she partnered with BMG for Dancing in 2018 as her first release. In the following years, Minogue became the only female artist to have a number one album and a top 10 single from the 80s to the 2020s in the UK charts with Disco and Padam Padam, respectively. She's done acting, she's done singing, she's in fashion. She has all kinds of brand and product endorsements, books, perfumes, charitable work, and a wine brand. She has also appeared as a judge on The Voice UK and The Voice Australia. Wow, like so many accolades here. 
the Area Hall of Fame inductee, Officer of the Order of Australia, Officer of the Order of the British Empire, a how can I say this? Chevalier, which is a knight of the Order des Arts. It, oh, I'm Canadian and I can't even speak French. Order des Arts <laughs> des Lettres. Oh, someone's going to kill me. And an honorary doctor of health science. Please welcome back to the show our good friend, Joe Valenzuela, while we talk Kylie Minogue. All right, I'm going to have some wine, so. <laughs> good. Cheers. Are you wearing a Kylie shirt? I am. I came prepared. A 90s Kylie shirt. <laughs> That's super sweet. Yes. And funnily enough, this weekend is Club Kylie here in Chicago. So, what's oh, Club Kylie? So, for the last like 15 years, every other month they have a Kylie night at like one of the gay bars here in Chicago. Really? So, I'm a regular. And <laughs> yeah. How often? Uh, well, they used to do it every other month, but lately they've been doing it every month. I think just because with the whole Padam Padam phenomenon this summer, that took on a life of its own so you're gonna have to tell me about that too yeah here's a cool thing or this isn't a cool thing this is a thing it's that i didn't really know much about kylie minogue and i think it's due to the fact that even though i'm crazy about all kinds of music yeah she's a big deal in the rest of the world but north america not so much yeah and i was gonna kind of uh talk about that too just kind of um what little i know about north america including you know including canada just because i know there were some albums that were released in canada the u.s didn't get so that i didn't know i figured that we were on the same page as the u.s with our kylie knowledge the first time i heard about kylie minogue was in the late 80s when she covered locomotion because that became a big hit here too it was around the time that tiffany and debbie gibson were big yeah, yeah. And what I did learn about her recently is that she started her career as a soap opera actress, right? Right, on Neighbors. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is Neighbors um, had a lot of famous, like, alumni, like, people that came from that soap. Her, um, Natalie Imbruglia, um, uh, uh, Margot Robbie. What? Uh, yeah, she was on Neighbors. Uh, what's oh god, what's his name? I can't remember his last name. Guy. Oh my god, what's his name? He he's a real famous actor from Australia. Guy something. Uh, I don't know. Shit. I, I think it's in the movie Gotham, or is that is that a movie? <laughs> I know of Guy Ritchie, but he's a, a Guy bird, Ritchie. Let's see. Guy Guy name. Fox. No, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. I was just searching guy. <laughs> I know guy neighbors. That's what I typed in. But like a bunch of people and like Holly Lance, she was another like uh, big pop star in the UK and Australia in the 2000s. What, what about Delta? Her name is Delta, Delta Goodrum. Goodrum was on it too. And Jason Donovan, who was Kylie's love interest and neighbors. And he was also like a huge deal in the UK. But I don't think he ever caught on in the US or Canada that I know of. So neighbors must have been a huge. Is it still on? It like ended recently, but then I think the fandom was so upset that it got like picked up by somebody else. I want to say like mm. Amazon. I don't know. It's some. It's yeah. It's one of those soap operas that's still on to this day. So I believe there's a soap streaming a network now because a lot of the soaps are off of like the main 
the main uh, channels, the, oh, like yeah, ABC, yeah. NBC, like yeah. there's only very few soaps left. So I think like soaps, like all my children left ABC and they went to okay. some soap streaming, streaming network as, okay. far, as far as I know. Yeah. I'm so out. I got, I haven't watched a daytime soap probably since I was in college in the late 90s. Yeah. Yeah. We were watching, yeah. um, we were still watching him in the mid nineties, I think. And around that time is when I stopped. Yeah. I, w- I used to watch, um, I got addicted to all my children mm-hmm. in college. Um, and to the point where like I, I would wa- I watched it with my mom when you know she had um she was recovering from an accident and so I would you know I had class like in the afternoon so in the mornings I would hang out with her and we would watch all my children because she used to watch it back in the day and she's like oh Susan Lucci was still on this when I used to watch it back you know whatever in the 70s and mm-hmm. then I just got so into it like to the point where I would schedule all my classes in the afternoon so I could watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I get it. You know, we love our soaps. Yeah. Back then yeah. I had to use a VHS to actually record it if I was going to be at school or something. Right. Which, you know, I I had to do a couple of times, but, um, but yeah, so neighbors was, I, I never watched it, but I seen obviously seen clips of it. Oh, I'm cracking up because your cat's in the background and, my dog sitting here like, <laughs> barking. They want to be stars. I know. He always. Attention. I was going to lock him in the other room, but then I didn't want him and the cat to fight. So. That's okay. I don't. They're not making any noise. No, he's just, he just wants treats. So that's if you hear the. <laughs> oh, um, no, you're good. But, yeah. But um, like I said, I didn't watch the soap, but I, I know her singing career started because of neighbors, um, I want to say it was a charity function. Uh, Sorry, she's trying to step on the keyboard. Oh, (laughs) she really wants to be a part of this. Um, So it was recorded originally in 87 and then released in Australia, but then it became so huge, they decided to re-record it with Saw, PLW, or which is a huge, you know, Stock Aiken and Waterman, which is a huge... The hit factors, they were known in the UK. They were the ones I that... I did not know anything about them. So they really? produced... You, you'll know as soon as I say these names. They produced Rick Astley, mm-hmm. Samantha Fox, Bananarama. Like their first huge hit was You Spin Me Round by Dead or Alive. Oh, okay. Sound. So they were like producing all these people. They produced... Um, they were the ones that did Donna Summer's comeback. This time I know it's real. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they I were do. huge. So they were the ones behind Kylie in the beginning of her career, like for her first four albums. So, yeah, so they were the ones that like made that the version, I guess, that we all know and love that became a hit in in North America. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's where it all started. <laughs> and that was the first time you'd heard of her. Yeah, the promotion. Well, no, the first time I heard of her was because um, at least in the U.S., the I want to say the first single was I Should Be So Lucky. Oh, okay. And then the second single was The Locomotion. I think. I could be wrong. I, I might be remembering that wrong. But then um, and then there was a third single in the U.S., which was It's No Secret. I don't know if that was a single in Canada at all. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think it was only released in the U.S. maybe. But um, yeah, and I remember having the cassette. And um, 
you know, listening to it, loving it. And then when it came time for the second album in the U.S., um, it flopped. It didn't do anything here. Like I remember seeing in the cutout bins and Mm -hmm. I never actually bought it until years later. And I I know, I think we, we touched on this before when we um, recorded a couple other episodes, but um, like you said, she was contemporary. So like Tiffany, Debbie Gibson, Martika, new kids, she was out at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, I kind of lost touch of what she was, you know, what she was doing until the mid nineties. Yeah, and I, we talked about this that I went to like these like record shows where they would sell like imports, and I kept seeing. Um, I actually pulled all these since all these CDs out. This was the CD. It was the the greatest hits. Okay, the Australian import, and I just remember I was like, well, I'm gonna buy it. I know a couple of the songs, and then I just fell in love with it, and I was like, oh my god, I need everything, and <laughs> that's mm-hmm. where my highly, uh, I I call it my. What do you call it like like born again kylie fandom like born again christian <laughs> that's like um, when it started <laughs> for me it. <laughs> it's like a renaissance i don't know it's her yeah new, it's like it's like renaissance era right like i was a fan like i said of the first album and then it just you know fast forward to like i don't know 95 mm. and then it was just like i think yeah i was like a senior in high school going to these shows by myself and like spending money I didn't have and mm-hmm. <laughs> my allowance, if you will. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I didn't pay much mind to Kylie Minogue until she came out with the huge hits that broke in the U S later on, like can't get you out of my head. You know, that, that whole era of Kylie was pretty big here, actually. Right. I think that's the album that finally made her a star everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, so I was sorry, I'm looking this up because um, I used to belong to a Kylie Minogue message board back in the day. Mm-hmm. And one of I've brought him up before, but uh, Grant, he's in Toronto and he was a huge Kylie fan. And then I met a bunch of other fans from all over the world, like Latin America, Australia, UK. Um but I remember, I think he and I chatted a couple of times about, oh, well, this was released in Canada and, you know, stuff in the 90s that I didn't know about because um, she released. Uh, well, there's there's kind of like two eras of Kylie in the 90s, which um, I yeah. think, people, at least in North America, they either remember late 80s Kylie or can't get you out of my head and beyond Kylie. But then mm-hmm. there's the whole these two huge periods for her in the nineties that we kind of missed out on, mm-hmm. but I know I want to say her 94 album was released in Canada mm-hmm. because the first single was also recorded in French. And I, mm-hmm. it's quite to me. And I want to say it was released in Canada. I could be making that up. <laughs> her album. Okay. Hold on one second. It's from 1994. It's actually funny enough. It's like my my favorite album cover of hers. It's like a black and white cover. She's like wearing a men's suit and her hair slicked back, and she's got like glasses on. I'm just trying to figure out an album that I was looking for. Eighties or ninety-seven. Her nineties. Her her album that came out in ninety-seven was such a departure from everything she'd done. 
um, uh-huh. the album Impossible Princess. Right. Now, another thing that was cool then too is she did a collaboration with the Japanese musician Tawate. And Tawate is part of um, Delight. Yes. Right? Yes. So she has a really weird video with him. And I think it's cool. <laughs> um, it's it's Very so funny. Bjorkish. It's funny because I was like, oh, I said, no, I was like, she's going to ask me like to name like a deep cut. Like, you know how you always do it was going to be my deep cut. <laughs> Don't worry. We, I'm just, I'm just touching on it. It can, it's no, totally no, a deep cut. But it, it's such, I'll talk more about it later, but it, it, yeah, that's like, she was just doing all these like random collabs. Like she did um, a collaboration with Nick Cave from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, mm-hmm. like a very like dark song where she's like dying or she's dead and he finds her or something like if you see the video it's called where the wild roses grow yes and it's such a it's such a cool song and cool video and it's one of those like cult classics like amongst fans like you know yeah she was trying other things so that she wasn't yeah. just labeled as a pop princess right exactly exactly but um <laughs> it's funny you mentioned impossible princess that's actually my favorite kylie minogue album of all time and yeah the only album she's she co-wrote every song on the album oh she's co-written she's written songs like here and there um she actually didn't do any i think till the third album like i think she did like two or three songs on that album but impossible princess was the first time she co-wrote every single song on the album so it's like you know she's always said it's her most personal album and it's an album that fans either love or hate like because mm-hmm. it was so different and you know just I don't know. It sounds like something like garbage would have put out or Bjork. It's her, it's her yeah. least commercially successful album. Yeah. But I think part of the reason for that, to be honest, is that it came out at the same time as Princess Diana died. Yes. So I think it kind of had that Mariah Carey glitter effect. Yeah. And where then glitter where glitter did very poorly for Mariah because it ha- it came out the week of 9-11. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, Because I know the album was retitled and postponed in the UK because Mm. they changed the name because they thought it was insensitive to Princess Die. So it was her. They renamed it Kylie Minogue. Yeah. So it was her second album in a row named Kylie Minogue in the UK. (laughs) Yeah. And I think she's had three albums named Kylie Minogue. And but in Australia, it was still Impossible Princess. And. But, the you know, I said that's my favorite album of hers of all time, but it was also the first album I ever got to experience the release of, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Because yes. at the, up until this point, I had just been going back and listening to her stuff. But this when this album came out, it was like, oh, my God, like the singles are out. I was buying all the import. You know, I don't know if you remember, like, I think it was like CD Now or CD one of those websites like that, like yeah. in college, like, oh, let me like scrounge up like $15, like in order this import single. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So for me, it was just, it's a very special album. And I used to drive my roommates nut, nuts in college because I would play it so often to the point where like both of them ended up buying copies of it. <laughs> so it drove them nuts in a good way? Yeah, because I remember my one roommate was like, they liked it who is this? And I was like, oh, it's Kylie Minogue. They're like the locomotion chick. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yep. So. She probably heard that a lot, especially yeah. from a North American audience. She was the locomotion girl. Right. Um, Some of the things I found interesting is her love interests and her relationships that she's had have been very right. high profile. 
they have. Like, <laughs> Especially the biggest, one in particular, yeah. One in particular, I'm going to go with Michael Hutchins on that one. Yeah. From NXS. Um, Cause he always had huge like relationships too, that were big in the press and followed around by paparazzi and all of that. Um, but like, I guess that Michael Hutchins wrote the song Suicide Blonde about Kylie Minogue. Did oh, wow. you know that? I think I had heard that. Um, yeah. Did you watch the the documentary about him that came out a couple of years ago? No, no. And I, I was it, a big NXS fan. I should have. Yeah, it's really cool. I think it's like on Amazon Prime. So maybe um, at least in the US, I'm assuming the rest of North America. Um, but yeah, she's in it. And, you know, that... I don't, I mean, I don't remember it being obviously a big deal here in the U S because, you know, mm -hmm. she really wasn't that big of a star anymore at that point. And that's weird to say, cause she, a couple of years prior, she was, <laughs> it just shows how fickle the American market is. Uh-huh. Very yeah, much. But, but I know like, um, in the UK and Australia, it was such a huge deal. The two of them were dating. Cause you know, he was like cool, sexy, like rocker and she was like bubblegum pop princess you know yeah they also said that he he was a huge influence on because so by her third album she was still with with saw but mm. she was starting to like kind of like her look became sexier the videos are very like more like high-end like high fashion and they were a lot of they always attribute that to their relationship you know like he's kind of the one that inf not influenced her but kind of like pushed her to like push herself I guess you know yeah so, um, I believe originally I think she was dating Jason Donovan from the Neighbors show when she became a star a music right. star yeah they were love interests on the soap and they actually uh what was it like the episode kind of like in North America on was a general hospital where Luke and Laura got married. Like that mm -hmm. was, such a huge, I guess their wedding on neighbors was kind of the equivalent. Mm. <laughs> and I think I read that in the neighbors was even more popular in the UK than it was in Australia, which makes sense because wow. she, she became so huge in the UK. Mm -hmm. So I guess she, you know, she had that constant exposure of being on the soap opera Mm. Um, they even recorded a, a duet together that was like a huge hit especially for you okay yeah i'm um, looking at um the song better the devil you know <gasps> that what came out in 1990 that's her i would say that's like one of her signature songs mm -hmm. like it's it's to the point where it, it's so popular that she still includes it on every tour to this day. Mm -hmm. And I want to say it's this club called GAY in the UK that every Saturday at midnight, they play it. <laughs> like they've been playing it yeah? for like a game out or something like that. No yeah. way. And that, that was the first, um, cause I was, I, you know, I mean, I like, you know, I'm a huge fan of hers, but you know, there's, I don't know everything. Cause there's like some murky years. Um, but I do remember reading that that was the first video that she had creative control over. So uh -huh. that's kind of why she's more sexier and she's wearing like, yeah, like this is this t-shirt I'm wearing is like a still from the video. So she was wearing like short wigs and like, you know, like <laughs> experimenting with her look a bit. Yeah. And it was filmed in Australia. So is that the video with the gold 
the gold pants, like hot pants that she's wearing? Oh, no, that's uh, spinning around. That's from like spinning 2000. Around? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's much later. Yeah. I think that was part of her comeback. Yeah. So like after Impossible, around. she kind of went back to more like a more pop sound. And I remember when that song came out, I was highly disappointed because <laughs> I had got, I fell in love with uh, Impossible Princess, which is such so different i just remember thinking like oh this is like she's a sellout she's going back to pop music but you know then obviously i fell in love with that song and that whole era and but i just remember it took me a hot minute to like get into it because i was so focused on uh that era is known amongst the kylie fandom and the press as indie kylie so i was very i was very into the indie kylie era Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when she went back to the more pop stuff, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Why? Yeah. We were we were happy this way. I know. But um I was gonna say, so the 90s is like a really cool era for her, like artistically. And it's kind of split in between I I'd say in like two sections. Like the early 90s is still when she's with PWL saw. And so it still has that kind of like real poppy high energy sound mm-hmm. and that's kind of when she was you know the videos became more about sexy Kylie and you know like I said more fashion you know very mm-hmm. like she kind of that's kind of when she started to become like a pop icon but then the later half was the indie Kylie era like with the 94 and 97 album so those were kind of seen more as uh you know artistic albums if you will and maybe not as a commercial as the other stuff. But I think without those albums, we wouldn't have the comeback and, you know, just her becoming a huge global icon that she is today. So she's like on her own level, like Cher, like Madonna, like yeah. she's got her own. Yeah. Her, her tour sell out everywhere. But she's always, like I said, always doing so well all over the world. She's a massive star. Right. But somehow North America didn't really quite catch on in the same I know. way. I'm trying to pull up Discogs because I want to see what albums were released 
in Canada? Because I know which albums were released in the U.S., obviously, but I'm trying to see if... Um, so it's funny. Going back to Better the Devil You Know, it was actually supposed to be a single in the U.S. Um, well, technically it was. I don't know. I don't know if you remember, do you remember the actor Richard Grieco from 21 Jump yes. Street? Booker? So he had a movie out called If Looks Could Kill. Did you ever see that? I didn't see it. I heard of it. Yep. Okay. So that, <laughs> I remember seeing it. And it's funny because I was talking to a friend about this and I was like, oh my God, did you know that there's an infamous scene in the movie where he's like in his underwear and, you know, like 13 year old me wasn't paying attention to the song playing in the background. <laughs> too busy looking at Richard Grieco in his underwear. Well, the yeah. song playing in the background is better than W. You know by Kylie. <laughs> and it got like, it was released as a, like a cassette single, I guess in the U S but it just never did anything. And I guess that album was supposed to be released in the U S. So they had her work half with U S based producers and songwriters including mm-hmm. Michael J who produced Martika's first album. Mm-hmm. And I guess he was one of the first artists outside of that PWL saw camp to work with Kylie and co-write with Kylie and Stephen mm-hmm. Bray produced um, some songs for her. And is it Keith Cohen? Who's also, um, I know the name, but I can't remember who he's produced off the top of my head. Well, anyways, they, the, because they decided not to release the album in North America, none of those songs that she worked with were ever released as singles. So they're just glorified album tracks. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I know, I I swear to God, the the 94 album was released in Canada. I'm not making that up. But it was supposed to be released in the U.S., but it got canceled because the imprint label it was they were owned by bmg like Mm -hmm. shut down so they released the single like they pressed them or whatever and then it just never came out (laughs) artists get left in limbo quite often when those types of things occur there was a there was a record company named giant records yeah i remember giant yeah i know color me bad was signed to them and tara kemp was signed to them yeah and then interviewing tara kemp like she got kind of screwed over big time by her record label giant because uh-huh. I think they they were folding at the time that they were trying to promote her uh, and okay. like and she kind of just got like I guess forgotten in the wash of things in some ways by the company and didn't promote her properly. That makes sense. So it I, was it was hard yeah. seeing that happen to her. Like it wasn't an easy time in her career. So it's sad to see that kind of thing happen to an artist uh-huh. who's on poised for huge success and then the record company's like and we're done yeah no that sucks and especially her i mean god that album was huge tara kemp's album was amazing oh my god i loved her back in the day mm-hmm. and i always wondered what became of her and i think she was one of the ones i think i wrote about her on, on milk carton pop stars i'm sure you did actually. but i think I'm for sure i saw you did i think at that point she was still kind of not back in public eye like she is now where she's active on social media and stuff i think at the time i heard a rumor she was an interior decorator if i'm not mistaken i could be making that up you know who's Uh, definitely an interior decorator who willa ford oh i heard that i heard that yeah (laughs) isn't there like a reality show or something i don't know Oh. I don't know, but I know I've reached out to her to be on the show. Oh my God. And I did it to her oh. interior design website. <laughs> oh, I hope she responds because that would be awesome. 
Uh, what's there? She has a Christmas song, and every year at Christmas, I post it because it's so trashy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, but it's so bad. It's something like "Gimme, Gimme, 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 Gimme." Like I want Santa, I want this, or so. I care. It's just really bad. Something but I dirty. It. Yeah. I love it. Um, Okay, but back to Kai and C. Yes. <laughs> of the hour. So that 94 album was released in Canada in 1995 mm-hmm. um, on Deconstruction Canada. Apparently they had they were running in, in Canada and it has a different cover. Okay. Like it's an outtake from that photo shoot, but it's like slightly different. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Discogs and it, do, it did include the French version of Confide in Me, which makes sense. Interesting. I'm trying to see if it was released on CD. It's like, well, God, now I want it because it has a different. Get it, get it. <laughs> oh my God. After these messages, we'll be right back. Don't nostalgia listeners, I love you and I thank you so much for being a part of this show and its success over the last two years. We have what's called Patreon for those who want to support the show financially. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a subscriber and get bonus content, early podcast release, all kinds of cool behind-the-scenes stuff, and more. There's different tiers of membership starting at only $1 a month. And we even have some special merch for you guys who are in it for the long run. So please, join our Patreon. It's at www.patreon.com forward slash dope nostalgia. Throw on your Jinkos, Baby Tees, and Doc Martens, grab your Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper, and join Jackie and Danielle on a journey to the late 90s as we reminisce about the movies of our youth on the No More Late Fees podcast. Don't forget your flannel and butterfly clips. And remember, be kind and rewind. I admire me nog. She's an Antipodean bombshell with a voice of an angel. Oh, you couldn't get a musical marvel into a more compact shape. But if she changed my hula hoops into a more compact shape, like a miniature scale model of herself, I'd say, oi, me nog. No! You should be so lucky. 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 Hula hoops around. They're staying around and they'll be around forever. When right. Tyler went from the 90s to the 2000s and the album Fever, which we have touched on earlier, album right. Fever is probably the biggest album of her career. Yeah. Because it just went huge everywhere. Yeah. And, and you know, when I was talking about the Mariah Carey effect, the, the glitter yeah. effect, that didn't come into play here because the single Can't Get You Out of My Head came out on September 9th, 2001. Oh, wow. Right. And the album was released on October 1st, 2001. So you thought, think that it would have been negatively affected and it wasn't. That makes sense. But was it released in the UK and like on those dates? Oh, it was released in the United States in February 26, 2002. Yes, I remember it came out because I remember, well, mm. oh, I don't have it here, but I, I actually went out and bought the import at like the Virgin Megastore, like. Because back back in the day, Virgin Megastore would actually have the imports on release day. Yeah. It was my ass at like <laughs> midnight or whatever, because when they would stay open, it was either mm. Virgin Megastore or Tower Records, one of the two. But mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. So I, you know, I was there. Um, But I remember like we had a different cover in the U.S. for the Fever album. I don't know if Canada had this cover. This cover that I'm looking at is the one with she's holding up the microphone, the microphone with the cable. Yeah. 
Yeah. And she's in like a white like bodysuit. It's yeah. cute. Yeah. I mean, this is just like iconic. But the the US got like a different cover and it was just it was like a picture that was used for I think the in your eye single. But um it's a great picture of her still, but it's um I don't know, it's just not the same. <laughs> Let's see what other covers. Oh that one a, that her, that's one the with her, yeah. With the uh, necklace in front of her face. Yeah, that's the US cover. Oh, I think Canada got the microphone cover. Okay, you guys got you see Canada Canada and Mexico get all the cool stuff. They get everything like whatever's in Europe. You guys always yeah, get Yeah, we usually get whatever the UK thing is. Yeah, well, and I don't the know, US, it's kind of a bit of both. Yeah, but I mean the US always either they re they remix songs for the US market or they change covers or mm-hmm. I don't know. It's still, I still to this day hate the US version of Love at First Sight, which is from the Fever album. It's one of my favorite Kylie songs of all time. The US one just sounds really like clunky. Like they try to make it sound more like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just shitty. <laughs> Love at First Sight was a huge single as well. Can't Get You Out of My yeah. Head was the bigger one. Um, In Your Eyes was, was that ooh. Yes. Yeah. That ooh. one was, I like that one. Yeah. yeah so that cover that they used for the u.s is this i believe the single cover for in your eyes okay this is when i was in my world yeah that's a really cool song and it's the video i think spike jones directed it where it's like kylie like just following herself like there's different kylie's walking around the streets mm-hmm. and, yeah yeah and my favorite kylie minogue remix is by fisher spooner of that song it's such a cool remix. Guess who wrote Come Into My World? Uh, is it our friend, Kathy Dennis? <laughs> our friend, Kathy Dennis, and a guy named Rob Davis. Rob Davis. But, but Kathy Dennis, yes, of uh, course. She's a queen. Man, Kathy Dennis is just like, she's got to be so rich. Like, so, like, my she God. So many songs. Jeez. So many songs. But yeah, um, Tell me about what you know of Kylie and now what's going on with her. I I have to mention at some point here too, that at a very young age, I think she was in her thirties when she battled and beat breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really inspiring for people, yeah. especially younger women who have had to deal with the disease. Yeah. To know absolutely. that she, she got through it so well and, you know, with the support of family and friends, she, she beat it. So yeah. Yeah. Kylie, man. Yeah, I mean, she's a she's a a tough cookie, <laughs> strong woman. Um, so she just released her, I believe it's her sixteenth studio album, mm. Tension. And for all your listeners that have not heard it, it's an amazing album. I'm not just saying that because I'm a huge fan. It's just really a really really solid like dance electronic album. And nice. um, you know, she released the album Disco during the pandemic and. It did well, but um, you know, obviously she couldn't tour because we were on lockdown. But then mm-hmm. um this new album, so the first single was released, and the only reason I remember is the single was released on Martika's birthday, <laughs> May 18th, earlier this year. And it's Padam Padam, and it just became a huge viral hit. Like nobody was expecting this to happen. And for an artist in her 50s 
mm-hmm. you know, for her to have like her biggest hit in like, I don't know, like 15 years in the UK and Australia. I mean, worldwide, it just became a huge like viral sensation. Like you would go on TikTok and there are all these videos of people dancing to it. It even like Good. broke broke her in the US again, where not that it made the Hot 100, which I'm really shocked, but now the Hot 100, the Billboard Hot 100 is so weird, like how it's calculated these days, like it's streaming, but it's not streaming. And it's it's just really, anyways, the song like kind of like broke again to the point where, you know, she's doing a, a Vegas residency. Uh, oh, really? Starts in, I want to say a couple weeks. And no, I'm not going. It, the tickets are too expensive. <laughs> no. I know everyone's like, you're not going. I was like, the tickets are so expensive and you have to buy like, like I have a, uh, I know some other fans, friends slash fans that are going and they were like, yeah, you have to buy. Um, It's like a brand new casino or not casino, a brand new theater at, that this uh that it's happening at and it's like you have to buy you have to like buy your tickets but then you also have to get like it's uh tables and the tables are like you have to spend a minimum of like it's something crazy like a thousand dollars per person on drinks and food while you're at the show so it's just insane and i was like well maybe i can get because there's general admission tickets but those are like 200 300 each which isn't bad if you think about it compared to what a lot of artists are charging for tickets. But then you gotta, <laughs> yeah, you know, like you didn't want to know what I paid for new kids' tickets. I, I can imagine, but I know, like, like right now, the internet is uh, crazy because Bad Bunny's going on tour, and like the cheapest tickets are like nine hundred dollars. Like, what the fuck? I know it's like who the fuck can afford to like go to a concert anymore? I'm like, wow. It's like I've been to a lot of concerts in my day, so. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, so hundreds of concerts. And yeah, so the Vegas residency is happening. And then she released the second single, which I could I didn't think it could be topped, but I love it even more. It's called Tension. It's a title track. And again, it went viral, not as much as Padam Padam, but but it's just like she's just I I don't know. She's just like she's someone that's Mm -hmm. stays relevant, but isn't chasing after trends does that make sense she started her own trend she is her own trend she yeah is, like she does her she, own thing she knows what she's good at and she does it well mm-hmm. she's always very innovative when she releases like new stuff so
Okay, first of all, Kylie is now 55 years old. She yeah. is, she's in good shape. She looks beautiful. Yeah. Tell me about her sister, Danny. Because we never, if, if you would think hearing about Kylie is obscure in North America, Danny mm-hmm. even more so. But Danny is also a superstar from love Australia. Danny. love Danny Minogue so much, too. Right? But we she, don't know anything about her here. No. I, you know, it's funny because I got into Danny um around the time of probably like the early 2000s like when light years was out i remember being at a bar hearing the song and if you listen to danny and kylie they sound very similar like their voice yeah danny's not as like nasally as kylie if that makes sense okay um but they sound they sound very similar like in voices like they've recorded duets together and sometimes it's like who's singing like you know oh wow okay yeah I mean I can tell the difference obviously because you know I'm such a big fan of them both but yeah I remember hearing a song it was a song called who do you love now and I was like oh my god I was like I've never heard this Kylie song before why have I never heard this it's only to find out that it was Danny and I was just like holy shit like she's just as good that you know and then she I mean, she, Danny was actually famous in Australia before Kylie. She was on this show called Young Talent Time. Okay. Which, what I was chatting with um, my friend from Sydney came to visit over the summer. Um, when, and we were talking about it. And just from what she was telling me, it was kind of like the Australian version of Kids Incorporated. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like they would sing like the pop songs of the day and like, um, but it was on in the, I want to say the late seventies and eighties. So Danny Minogue was on it. Tina Arena. I don't know if you know who Tina I've Arena. I've heard of Tina Arena. Well, yeah. I've heard of her for her duet with Mark Anthony. Yeah. So like her big hit was Chains. That was like her oh, big hit. Oh, Chains. Yeah. 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 So she was on it too. So anyway, so Danny was again, like Kylie was on like a Australian soap opera that was big in the UK as well. And then, but Danny did a little more like R&B New Jack Swing when she came out. Whereas Kylie nice. was straight up like pop dance uh-huh. and yeah so like um it's funny because danny just celebrated like the tw- i'm gonna say the 25th anniversary of her album girl mm-hmm. which or was that last well no it was yeah it was this year because they just did that the makes re- sense because it came yes. out in 97 yeah so it came out the same year as impossible princess so at the time they were like both at like this artistic peak and then Danny has an album that came out in, oh God, it was the 20th anniversary. So 2003 called Neon Nights, mm-hmm. which is just like, I say it's like the standard for electro pop albums. Like mm. by any artist, cause it's just, oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. So like, if people don't know Danny, I highly recommend the girl album in Neon Nights. And, but now she's just kind of like, she's a mom and she, um, she was on uh what's it like britain's got talent as a judge and oh okay she does like a lot of hosting and she hosted um the first uk like gay dating show i think it's called like kiss the boy like recently okay. so she I and she that here, yeah yeah so she there and then they're doing like a lesbian version of it mm-hmm. so that's coming out next year so yeah she's just they're both like really active and you know it's like yeah, it's, she's really big now in, uh, yeah. in reality tv shows Danny yeah so it's funny because some there's some like snooty Kylie fans that don't like Danny you know if, but which is I think it's weird I always just like you know like to love one is to love the other <laughs> like why would you have to pick between the two yeah just, yeah um... and they're so supportive of, of each other which I love mm-hmm. you know like Danny even wrote um one of her songs her singles was about 
Kylie's bout with cancer back in the day. Yeah. So, yeah. So and there's a um, I don't know if you know the song Kids. Uh, it's a duet by Kylie and Robbie Williams. No, I don't. Uh, I don't know if you're a Robbie Williams fan at all. I am a Robbie Williams fan. I am I'm, I'm there... more of a Robbie Williams fan now than I was in the past. Yeah. And then there's a Netflix docuseries coming out about him like Good. next month. So, and I checked and it's going to be on the U and US Netflix. So I'm assuming it'll be on Canada's too. Yeah. Um, but they have this song called Kids. And then on one of Kylie's tours, she, she's performed it with different artists. Like she performed it with Bono from U2. And then one of her tours, she performed it with Danny. Mm -hmm. And I probably would have like shit myself if I was at that concert. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I saw there was like somebody had this grainy video uh -huh. of like, of like, Kylie showing up at Danny's show or something like that. Oh, over the summer at World Pride in yeah. Sydney, they performed together. Yeah. And Danny was the surprise guest. Like Kylie was the headliner. Danny was the surprise yeah. guest. Yeah. Okay. And then all of a sudden, like the dancers like moved and Danny was there. And there's this video of this guy just like like <laughs> jumping up and down and like freaking in circles. And I was like, this would be me if I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this is happening i know and my friend was there i was so fucking pissed at him that he was there i was like i hate you so much my friend he was in LA and he went to australia for world pride he's like oh my god danny's here i was like what i hate you so much <laughs> but i love him so obviously i don't hate him but you know what i mean yes. um yeah and um fun there's that word again funnily funny enough one of my favorite danny songs is she did a cover of baby love by regina i don't know if you remember that song baby love you are my baby love it was a big song in the 80s like in the mid 80s well danny did a version in i want to say 90 91 yeah. but it was remixed by um oh god what's his name steve oh my god what's a koi no, 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 silky hurley or whatever it's like big like house music producer in the early 90s silky i like that name <laughs> come on hang on let me look this up um anyways it's so good so if people want like some 90s danny i recommend like <laughs> her cool. stuff too. yeah well while you're looking it up i'm gonna let everybody know more about the residency the residency yeah. of kylie minogue is actually called more than just a residency and it's taking place from november 3rd this year to may 4th 2024 20 shows at the new theater Voltaire at the Venetian Las Vegas. That's the theater. You're yes. just oh, I want to go so bad. Maybe like by some miracle I'll get to so go. You, we have an extra five thousand dollars line. I know. Up. Well, <laughs> exactly. Just, just go see Kylie. Well, but then I also heard the in the rumor mill. So for you know, all year it's been leading up to this Vegas residency, the Vegas residency, because she kept like hinting at it. There's even a song in her new album called Vegas High. And um, but then I keep hearing that she's going to tour North America when the residency is over, and then after North America, go on to the UK and Australia. So at this point, I'd rather just spend the money to go see her, you know, at like a big arena or something on tour. And because you live in a city that gets yeah. every tour, so right. you're lucky. She came here once, and then she did a second leg of like u.s states for uh the aphrodite tour but she didn't come to chicago but she did go to latin america so i have a feeling she's going to go to latin america for this tour so if she goes to mexico city i'm there <laughs> do you ever feel like 
you must feel lucky though. Like, have you ever seen an artist skip Chicago? It very rarely happens. It's usually like someone like international and they usually only do like LA and New York. And then, you know, sometimes we'll get skipped. Like when Bananarama did their like reunion tour a couple of years ago, they didn't come to Chicago. They did like New York and San Francisco. Like, right. As- so it's like how we get like Toronto and Vancouver. Yeah. Or even sometimes it's just Toronto and Montreal. Yeah. So you get screwed over all the time, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, our country's so friggin' big. I know. <laughs> Logistically, it's hard to. Yeah. To no, that's. I get it. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else. Well, I was really bummed because Tina Arena was going to do a bunch of US states, but now everything's been postponed because I she got sick or something I don't really know but I remember reading something and I remember like she's not coming to Chicago but then I'm like I don't know who the hell in Chicago even knows who Tina Arena is other than me and a couple other queens in our 40s like <laughs> mm. <laughs> but, I do I went two cents chains and I remember yeah that. that's oh my god that song was so such a good song now you mentioned if you were to pick a deep cut yeah. I still want you to tell people about yeah. this song the Kylie so, song you've chosen to share with everyone today from the nineties. Yeah, from the nineties, and you meant you mentioned it earlier. It's with uh, Toa. Is it Toa Tay or Toa? Yeah. yeah, from Delight. Um, mm-hmm. he at this point he had already left Delight. So this was mm-hmm. I want to say it's ninety seven or ninety eight when it came out. Maybe ninety eight. Um, so he did it. Uh, this song called it's called German Bold Italic. It's about a font. <laughs> And as a graphic designer, I was very like <laughs> obsessed with it to the point where I actually quoted it in my senior thesis in college. <laughs> nice. And it's such a cool song. It's just, it's really not sung. It's more like spoken, but it's, it's such a cool song. The video's really strange, but in a, like in a cool way. And her then boyfriend, who was a French photographer, um film like directed the video and he's the one that shot the impossible princess album cover mm-hmm. which is i read something that album cover took like hours to shoot because they had to do so many exposures with all those like freaky like lights that they used or whatever well, anyway so the song's really cool and she's dressed as a geisha and it was filmed in new york city and obviously now that wouldn't like you know be cool because cultural appropriation but back in you know <laughs> the late mm-hmm. 90s it wasn't that big of a deal um but it's it's just a cool song and um it's you know one of the many random collaborations she did in the 90s and um it's it's my favorite collab that she's done to this day and now we play a clip yes (laughs) you like my sense of style you like my sense of style you like my sense of style
So yeah, before we wrap this one up, is there anything else you want to tell us about Kylie? The only other thing that I think I had written down in my notes was also about like people she's dated that this one surprised me, but apparently she dated Jean-Claude Van Damme. I think I heard that rumor too, because mm-hmm. she was in Street Fighter. She oh, did yeah. A, she did a couple was... movies. She was in Street Fighter and Biodome. And I don't remember her in Biodome. She, she was wild. a redhead and she was a redhead in Biodome. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think those are the only like American films. She, well, she's also one of the Green Fairy in Moulin Rouge. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, God, okay. let's see. I don't know. There's just so many. There's so much, so many '90s Kylie goodies. I I would recommend to watching. Um, it's on YouTube, the Intimate and Live tour from '98. It was um, to promote the Impossible Princess album. Nice. I think that was the first uh, tour where she did like a live actual album of it. So that's that's a really cool. Yeah, I mean, she's had such a huge career with so many well ups and downs like anyone's, but yeah. the fact is she is a celebrated and legendary icon now. Right. And so when she does these shows, they're over the top. Her costumes, yeah. her dancers, everything is just super cool. Yeah. And the people I, should I check say, it out. Yeah. And then I will just say too, like, because of her, I've made so many friends over the years. Uh friends that to this day that I'm like super close to that um like one of my closest friends he lives the one that saw her in Sydney like I met him on a Kylie Minogue message board like in the early 2000s and we're still friends you know I I don't even think he was like he was like 18 or 19 and then you know just yeah and like if you're in Chicago come to Club Kylie it's at Atmosphere (laughs) last that's so cool that yeah yeah, it's uh run by DJ Riley. He's amazing. He 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 hosts like all the like cool like like we have Madonna Rama here and um there's like different Britney nights and oh I want to go to a Britney or a yeah. Madonna night. Yeah. Madonna Rama's <laughs> fun. And you know what's funny is I I went to Madonna Rama for the I never went before because it was always on a Sunday at like midnight or something <laughs> I was like I'm old I can't go out <laughs> that late on a Sunday because I have to work the next day but then recently they moved that and Club Kylie to this new bar and they're like oh but it's gonna be at like four o'clock from like four to ten and I was like that's perfect because then I can go I can dance I can have drinks and I can be home in bed by like 11 o'clock or like <laughs> you know I joke that it's like the Golden Girls time slot, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, the only thing I didn't mention, I don't know if you want to save this for the Patreon or, but mm-hmm. I went to the Jerry Hallowell book signing. I know we were going to touch on that. We were going to talk about it. Yes, oh, no, let's, I, we, let's talk about it on the on the actual show. This is yeah. good. Okay, so Jerry- this, this happened like two and a half weeks ago, right? Yeah, so, so she- Three weeks ago? Um, like a, It's like a tween book. Wait, I'm looking at it. I have it over here. It's called Rosie Frost. And the God, I can't read the title. But then the main character is Rosie Frost. So uh, a friend messaged me on Facebook. They're like, hey, Jerry Hallowell's gonna be here. And I'm thinking, like, oh my God, Jerry Hallowell concert? Like, hell yeah, I'm gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, she's doing a book signing. And if you go, you get to have your book signed and she'll sign 
one personal item for you and you get a picture with her. And I was like, oh my God. So I messaged like my girlfriends at work and I was like, hey, do you guys want to go see Jerry Hallowell? They're like, fuck yeah. So, so we went, it was out like just outside of Chicago in the verbs and it was crazy. It was, there were so many people there and it was just everything I was expecting, like everything and more that I was expecting. She was so sweet and you know, obviously we didn't get a lot of time with her, but yeah. uh, she was super nice. She posed for pictures with us. I had her sign uh, one of my ginger spice dolls. No way. Yeah. Um, wait, Is let me it go in the box or yeah, did she sign the it. actual doll? Uh, let me go get it so you can see it. It's kind of hard to see because I had her sign it with silver marker. I don't know if you can see. Oh, cool. Yeah. And you've never so, taken it out of the box? No, and it's it still has a price tag on it. It was oh, twenty ninety nine back in the day. I can't. I can't. So you literally why. bought that like twenty years ago. Probably more than that. This is from nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. Okay, that's so that's twenty five years ago. Yeah, twenty five years ago. I've I've had this for twenty five years. Um, yeah, I had all the Spice Girls dolls. I still have most of them. They're in my storage unit. So that's why when we were going to this, I was like, oh shit, what am I going to get signed? But she was super nice. Um. I did tell her that I love her solo music and that Michiko Latino was my shit back in the day. And we used to yeah. record it all the time when we would go out to the gay bars. <laughs> mm -hmm. So she, it was nice. She's probably just like, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> but it, it was I think cool. I like hearing that. Yeah. And the, there was the other fans that we met while we were waiting in line were super cool. And it was actually in a, uh, like an old movie theater. Mm hmm. So it was cool. You know, we ate some popcorn, listened to the like Q&A and then everyone oh, got. Good. Yeah, there was a QA. and a um, And yeah, it was really cool. So I believe she's doing signings in the UK now. I think it was just like the US first. I don't know if she went to Canada at all. I can't say off the top of my head if I saw if she did it was like Toronto Vancouver the usual Probably. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no it was really fun the prairies get the shaft again yeah I'm I, it was fun I'm glad I went I unfortunately got a cold because the weather in Chicago right now is like super like finicky it's like one day it's like now it's kind of cooling down for like for fall but it was like 80 degrees and then the next day it was like 40 and it was just like Fahrenheit so I'm just kind of like oh my god like I don't know how to dress and then mm -hmm. take it was in the suburbs so we had to take uh it's called the Metra so it's like a train it takes you back to the city and and we had to wait outside for like a half an hour I don't have any hair I'm bald is so that, is, that the one, is that the train that you took to Rosemont no that's the CTA that's just like the regular train like through the oh, city it goes to the airport yeah this is a train that goes from the city to the suburbs mm -hmm. so like people that live in the suburbs like a lot of them commute downtown to go to work mm -hmm. so but no it was fun i'm so glad i went and uh yeah i'm just i don't know i don't is it, hopefully another spice girl comes to chicago and does something similar well i hope so i don't know what's the plan is for the spice girls i know that uh they say that you know um beckham has been resistant right you know because she's got her fashion empire and such which may i get it you know yeah but uh i feel like everybody if guns and roses can reunite anyone can reunite right i think so 
<laughs> Social media, yeah, we've got it. Send us an email. Dope Nostalgia Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope. Or on Insta, Dope underscore Nostalgia. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.